I'm Jenny Carlson. I'm Barry Trammell. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show. The month of January is finally behind the thunder. I don't know about you, but it made me a little bit tired. I wasn't even playing. We knew it was going to be a slog, 17 games, five back-to-backs. But now that it's in the rearview mirror, let's consider how the thunder fared. Good signs, bad trends. We'll talk about all that and more. But first, we want to say thanks to these sponsors for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show. The Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association. MidFirst Bank. Next Gen Roofing. Two Fellas Movers. The National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. 988, Oklahoma's Mental Health Lifeline. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. And let's face it, box pizza and a case of beer just don't work like they used to. Nobody wants to help you move. But we know two fellas who love moving. At Two Fellas Moving Company, we offer free, no-strings quotes for your move. With more than 20 years' experience, we've pretty much moved it all. Our services don't end up moving either. Need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? We got you covered with dumpster rentals and junk haul services. Remember, quotes are free and there are absolutely no strings attached. If you're moving in Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free quote today. All right, Barry, I mentioned it. 17 games, 11 of which were on the road in January for the Thunder. Five back-to-backs. Mark Dagnall even talked before Wednesday night's game against uh, Denver the last of the month about some numbers that the team crunched to figure out that no team in the last five years has had a month as challenging as the one the Thunder just endured. So all that to say, they looked a little tired. I think they felt a little tired, but they still finished the the month 11-6. and That's a pretty good month considering how tough this was. Yeah, it was. You know, when I looked at it, uh, I think, I guess, on New Year's Day, I thought, if they go 9-8, and you know, I think that'd be solid. I think maybe 10 and 7 would be really good. So they go 11 and 6. That's excellent. I do think there's a little bit of a persecution complex complex going on here. I don't know that this was the toughest month in NBA history by a franchise. <laughs> but the uh but it was grueling and here's what here's what uh, Mark has even mentioned this. It was grueling for everybody. The in-season tournament in November uh sort of uh, expanded the schedule a little bit and made uh, made it be condensed elsewhere. That elsewhere is is January. So everybody's worn out. Everybody's playing uh, a rugged slate, and the Thunder came through it really well. So uh, to, especially even even this last uh, this last uh, two games, uh, home games against your your arch rivals uh, for uh, Western Conference supremacy, Minnesota and Denver. They split. A sweep would have been nice, but getting swept would have not been nice. So uh, a split. Yeah, for sure. Now the Thunder sitting 33 and 15, second in the West, but maybe even more important than that, Barry. Thunder five games ahead of fifth. And even though they kind of had their moments uh, stepping into the end of the month when you thought, oh boy. And we'll talk about more of that in a second. Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, Detroit, Detroit, exactly. Uh, Definitely not a, a good loss there at all. But, you know, where they sit right now, you know, you, you have to feel like, okay, you know, a little bit longer. They're to the all-star break. Some of these young guys that maybe aren't used to this get a little bit of a break. But five games ahead of fifth, Barry, we've, we've talked before. Is the Thunder at a point where not having home court in the first round is a foregone conclusion? January may have secured it because I'm with you. Nine and eight, eight and nine even, you would have thought, okay, that was pretty decent for this team. 11 and 6, 
boy, you got to feel really good about that if you're the Thunder. Yeah, five games up on uh, on fifth place puts you in really good shape. It, it would take a it would take a pretty pretty precipitous fall for the Thunder to drop to fifth. Now it could happen: injuries, slump, all kinds of things. Big trade for whoever, um, Sacramento, Phoenix, whoever it might be. But it's the Thunder's looking really good to get one of those top four. And the truth is, that's really where you want to be. First is always preferable. But the West is so uh, jumbled, uh, so many uh, sort of, uh, what's the word, mysterious teams. Is, is Dallas somebody you want to play or not want to play? Is Phoenix uh, so clearly somebody you don't want to play? But it, it, the difference between fourth and second, not that great. The difference between fourth and fifth, pretty dang heavy because you, you don't want a game seven on the road. Thunder's looking good for a top four seed, no doubt about it. Yeah, and the Thunder's already had, uh, you know, all their games against uh, against Denver. They're done with the Nuggets for now. Uh, obviously, they saw a a less than Nuggets squad on Wednesday night as uh, Jokic did not play, but the Thunder was without Jalen Williams and Isaiah Joe, so they were, you know, shorthanded themselves. But you know, you started to get some of those teams that are up towards the top of the Western Conference standings, get the games against them behind you, um, which has made for a tough go for the Thunder, but it also means that, you know, they may have some more winnable games. Now, you're right. You know, there are some teams in the West that aren't necessarily top four right now that could be really tricky to deal with. You've got veterans, you've got great players, whether it's Durant and Phoenix or Steph Curry and Golden State. I mean, all of those teams, you got to figure – are going to have a little bit of a push here at the end of the year, even if they're not in the playoff mix or not where you think they would be right now. Veteran teams tend to kick it into gear after the all-star break and really start jockeying for a position, but the Thunder's in great shape. You know, they've, they've, they've taken care of business largely against the teams that are with them towards the top of the Western conference standing. So to survive January and, you know, hold hold serve basically where they were when the month started. I thought that was really, really important for this team. Um, but it is interesting to look at the the body of work now as we approach the All-Star game and then the stretch run. You know, Mark Dagnall looks like his rotations. Maybe he's got a little quicker trigger on Giddy, maybe Dort also than when January arrived. What is what is that signal to you as you look at the way that Mark Dagnall is approaching things? You know, some critics have long called for Dagnalt to, to play more all out, um, for the Thunder to, to have a more the future is now philosophy. I don't think they have that, but I do see a quicker trigger. I do see uh, Dagnalt not necessarily playing the long game every night. You'll see Josh Giddy not finishing games sometimes. Yeah. You'll see Lou Dort uh, go stretches without playing when his shot is not falling. and. Uh, you're seeing less and less of, say, Usman Zhang. Usman was back Wednesday night for a few minutes, hadn't been playing recently. Uh, I think I think the Thunder is all in on winning. And now they're still, they're not going to sacrifice development. They're not going to sacrifice a lot of things. But they're trying to, they're trying to win the West. There's not any question about that. And I don't, you know, I think, was it Detroit? I saw not a lot of... Uh, yeah, Dagnall had a quick he had a quick hook on uh, Giddy who was playing with a little bit of a cavalier attitude and I don't know that Dagnall liked that very much. So um I think you're going to see I think you're going to see some more of the rotations that fans have been wanting to see with yeah. 
You know, not just because you're in the rotation for 26 minutes doesn't mean you're going to stay in the rotation for 26 minutes. That can go down to 22 pretty easily. Yeah, and I think how he uses his starters, we're going to continue to see. I don't think he may stick with the same rotations, but, you know, we saw in that Minnesota game in the fourth quarter, SGA came in a lot earlier than he normally does in the fourth quarter. Dagnall was asked about that after the game, and he said, you know, I felt like this was one of those games. And, you know, one of those games means that it's important that you want you want to have your best guys out there for as long as you possibly can. And so a chance to insert SGA into the mix sooner, get him maybe more minutes than he's used to. You know, Mark Dagnall saw that as we want to have that guy on the court more in crunch time. So I do think, yeah, there's still an eye on development. I don't think we've reached the end of that. And, you know, quite frankly, We'll talk about these guys in a sec, Barry, but, you know, guys like uh, uh, Michich, you know, they, they, they're going to need some of those guys in come playoff time. There's always a, a game or two during a playoff run when a guy that you don't expect to play a big role plays a big role. And so to have these guys getting their chance to uh, get on the court, get some time, get comfortable, see how they work within rotations, I know that that anger some people who say play for the now but in reality that is playing for the now to try to figure out who can help you when you get in those situations in the postseason so I think that that is a frustration to some but I think it's good for this team to figure out who beyond the known commodities could they maybe lean on in those situations now one guy we know they can lean on is SGA uh Talk about some big-time January moments, Barry. He had 14 of 17 games in January where he scored 30-plus. Wednesday night versus the Nuggets was his eighth in a row and his 36th of the season. That's a league best. I mean, this guy's case for the, uh, for the, for the uh, MVP only continues to rise in my mind. Yeah, and you know, when you say 14 of 17 games with 30 points or more, I would have guessed higher. I can't remember when he doesn't score less than 30. Yeah. Um, the one thing I do see about Shea is his efficiency is slightly declining. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing more 10 of, 20, uh, 10 of 24 games, uh, 9 of uh, 20 games, whereas you know 12 of 21 and 13 of 22 has been sort of his standard. He's still by far the most efficient guard in the NBA, not even close. Historically efficient. But I think uh, January, we talked about the rugged stretch, 17 games in January, lots of back-to-backs. I think, it, I think it wore down SGA a little bit. So um, I think the All-Star game, uh, All-Star breaks a couple weeks away. Uh, I think it's going to arrive at the right time. Uh, of course, he'll be front and center in the All-Star game, be uh, all of that uh, carnival. But uh, the physical toll, I think uh, needs a rest, and I think I think he'll get it in the All Star break. It's coming at the right time for SGA. Yeah, I mean, I think it it has been impressive, and obviously there have been times when I've thought he did look a little bit tired, but yet he still plays very much the way he always plays, which I think is remarkable considering, you know, the way that he, um, you know, has to a lot of times is is creating things, and it's not easy with the physicality of this league, so you know, the contact he's taking, um, just the different aspects of the way he plays the game. It is not easy. He gets knocked down a lot, gets fouled a lot, which I know has drawn scrutiny, but 
he gets fouled a lot. Let's look at the look at the evidence. You can see him getting fouled a lot. So he definitely takes contact. And so I have no doubt that this has been a wearing stretch for him as well. Um, but he still continues to play at such a high level, even though, yes, numbers maybe not as um, you know good percentage-wise as he was earlier in the season, but still hard to argue with the results that we've seen out of SGA. Some other guys that have had some good Januaries, Barry, whether you're talking about Jalen Williams, the Arkansas Jalen Williams, uh, Vasa Micic, I mean, those two guys have been really good when called on maybe some other guys too who kind of has had breakthrough breakthroughs in your mind as you look at this January for the Thunder well Michich you know has been playing a lot more in January the Thunder is confident I think that he can help come playoff time yeah some games he won't play but some games he will against the right matchups and he can make a difference because he's so uh finely tuned as a basketball player sometimes the speed uh, gets him. He's not. He's not real quick. He can get beat uh, playing defense quite a bit. He's he's still more of a European player than a than an NBA type. But he is. He's really good uh, at directing the offense, the passing, the distributing the ball. He's savvy around the basket. He's going to help at some point, I think, in the postseason. And Arkansas Williams has uh, sort of staged a revival. Truthfully, he has not been as good this season as he was a year ago, both with that three-point shot and just his general overall play, Chargers taking charges way down. But here in the last month, he's asserted himself, both offensively and defensively, in new ways. He's blocking more shots, protecting the rim a lot more. He's scoring around the basket more. So I take that, and Mark Dagnalt has responded by playing uh, Arkansas Williams with Chet Holmgren more. Uh, They played... Uh, several minutes together, both against Denver and Minnesota, fairly big teams, which the Thunder's going to have to do some of that. Can't go small all the time. Yeah. So I think a very good month for those two. Somebody like Aaron Wiggins, he has a good month every month. I mean, he's he's sort of like uh, Santa Clara Williams, only coming off the bench. Just you know what you're getting with those guys. So yeah, I- uh, but, but Arkansas and, and Michic, uh, they've really raised their stock. Yeah, kind of revivals in, in their instances. Although I don't know if Michic. I mean, he wasn't reviving himself from last year, but just kind of pushing himself to the forefront and showing what he can do, um, even in limited minutes, I think has been really positive because you do need somebody who can maybe handle the ball a little bit more with that second unit. Um, I assume as we hit stretch run playoffs, you're going to see a lot more staggering with the starters where you're likely to have a ball handler out there regardless of who's with the reserves, um, whether that's Jalen Williams, Santa Clara, Jalen Williams, or, you know, somebody else. I think you'll see a ball handler on the court at all times, but having Michich, I think is going to be important. And yeah, while Wiggins and I even throw Kenrich Williams in there, I mean, those guys, you wouldn't say that they had a, a, a emergence or a breakthrough in January, but it sure is nice when you see those guys having, you know, big moments and you think, okay, you know, if put into a, to a pinch, you can get, you know, you can get offense out of those guys. You can get rebounds out of those guys. You can get them guarding bigger guys. I mean, you can get all sorts of good stuff out of, uh, out of those two. You know, I think we've talked in the last couple of weeks about how Jalen Williams, uh, Santa Clara Jalen Williams is sort of a Swiss army knife. Well, those guys are too. I mean, they just do a little bit of everything pretty darn well, and you can put them in a lot of different situations and they'll make it work. 
So I think that continues to be a real positive for this team as they think about playoffs and, you know, minutes and the, the just the stress that comes with late season basketball and playoff basketball. Uh, the flip side, though, Barry, there are some concerns coming out of January. I think top of the list would be the health of Santa Clara, Jalen Williams, and Isaiah Joe, who missed Wednesday night's game after suffering injuries uh, on Monday night against uh, the Wolves. And then Chet Holmgren, he's looked like he's maybe hit a little bit of a rookie wall. Didn't quite seem as uh, forceful, effective during some stretches during this last week or 10 days, but um, that's maybe to be expected. But the health of those two guys uh, that I mentioned earlier, that's a concern for me. I don't know how long-term either of them are, and pro- the Thunder probably doesn't e- either, but I don't think you want to go very far without either of those guys healthy. No, and you know Santa Clara, Isaiah Joe's basically the sixth man, instant offense. He's going to finish a lot of games. Uh, Santa Clara Williams is going to be on the court just every second that he can, um, other than just taking a rest. So indispensable is what Santa Clara Williams is. Isaiah Joe has turned himself into a very valuable player. The Thunder's been very lucky with uh, with the injury situation the last two years, and the truth is that's what happens when you have young guys. Um, you know, the the load management crowd is uh, they got a thirty in front of their age, uh, a three. So. Um, you know, it's it, the Thunder's in prime shape to to get a lot of minutes, a lot of games out of their prime core, and there are going to be a few injuries. Clearly, they're not going to succeed long term this season if Santa Clara Williams uh, isn't playing. But you know, his return is is in vital. Same with Isaiah Joe because the Thunder so depends on that three point shot from Isaiah Joe. When you know the Thunder been an incredibly hot shooting team most of the season that's come way down here in the last month Isaiah Joe is the one guy that sort of remains steady and 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 the best shooter on the team so need both of those guys Chad Holmgren uh I agree struggling uh, hit the rookie wall but I will say this I he came out fighting uh, I had a great game against Denver uh just uh fantastic uh, five block shots, I think it was, uh, three in the first six minutes. Really set the tone, rebounded great, uh, scoring, made the big three-pointer that sort of sealed the game. So uh, good sign for Chad Holmgren to snap out of that slump. Uh, he's, he's, he's a budding star. He's going to be fine. There's going to be some potholes. The fewer the potholes, the better this uh, portends for the, for the Thunder season. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it's to be expected. I mean, he's just played, uh, th- talk about the month of January, 17 games. I mean, that's half of a, a full college season. I mean, he he's never been through anything like this. And while he has been remarkably uh, rough and tumble, durable, things that I don't know if we thought he would be um, as a big, as a very skinny big in the NBA, he he's taken a beating. I mean, that's gonna, it's different than when he was playing at Gonzaga. This is unlike anything he's ever experienced. So of course there's going to be a situation where, you know, physically, mentally, he's not going to be feeling, uh, as good as he was at the beginning of the year. But I think, you know, digging deep, hitting that three, uh, no hesitation late in the game on Wednesday night against, uh, the nuggets. I thought that was a good sign. We saw him be a little bit hesitant, uh, we're a lot hesitant, depending on your uh, perspective, on that Monday night loss to Minnesota. So maybe there was a, a you know, sort of a, a, a an acknowledgement that 
hey, you know, be confident, shoot the ball, uh, do it in the rhythm of the offense and, and just live with the results. But he looked a lot better. I thought he looked more confident on Wednesday. And, you know, it's not like he suddenly had some sort of elixir or fix for, you know, how he felt or, or any of that. I think it was, it was probably just, hey, let's look at this. Let's talk about it. I'm sure Mark Dagnalt, his assistants, all the coaches working with Chad Holmgren had that message, and he seemed to take it to heart. Obviously, getting to the All-Star break will be a good rest for Holmgren. He and a few of his teammates will be in the uh, Future Stars events and all that sort of thing. So it's not a 100% rest, but I guarantee that that will be a huge help as the Thunder prepares for the stretch run. We'll have a lot more on that stretch run and this Thunder season, but that's all the time we've got for this week to talk Thunder. We've got all sorts of content about Oklahoma City on selloutcrowd.com and of course our columns and videos. Podcasts too can be found at selloutcrowd.com or barrytrammell.com, jenny-carlson.com. If you want content sent straight to your inbox, sign up for our newsletters. It's free and easy. Just head to the Sellout Crowd website and opt in. If this happens to be your first time hearing or watching us, be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.